Good morning, H2O. We are so glad to have you join us wherever you might be listening, in the car or at home with your family or in some other context. We're really glad to have this opportunity to sing with you and to dive into God's Word together with you. If you weren't here last week, uh, maybe you don't know, but we're in Romans chapter 8. Very excited about this jam-packed chapter in Romans 8 and all that it has to say about our life and our walk with God. If you didn't get a chance to hear that message from uh, Pastor Wiles, I encourage you to go listen to that. Romans uh, 8, 1 through 4 is where he started, talking about that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Uh, what an incredibly encouraging message and so timely. And I'm going to be picking up in verse 5. But just to give you the context of this awesome book, the book of Romans, in chapters 1, 2, and 3 of Romans, it talks about the fallen state of mankind. When God created us, He had relationship in mind. He wanted to be in this intimate relationship with us, this love relationship. But as we see all around us and we see our, in our own lives, we are tempted to walk away from God. We are tempted to rebel. And that's what Romans 1, 2, and 3 is all about. The fallen state of mankind that we have turned away from God and there's a big problem. If we die in that state, we don't get to be with God in eternity. But there's great news. In chapters 4, 5, 6, and 7, right before this chapter, those four talk about the saving work of Jesus. That even though we were walking away from God, even though we were in this fallen state, that the work of Jesus was to come and die on the cross and rise again so that we could be reunited with God and forgiven of our sins. I hope that every one of you uh, listening gets this chance to read through Romans. We hope that you understand what we call there is the gospel. The bad news is that we're away from Him. The good news is that Jesus wants to redeem us. And through our faith in Christ, we can be redeemed. And we hope that that's something that you believe intellectually, but that you have received in your heart and are walking with God. And that brings us to chapter 8. The mind in the flesh and the mind in the spirit. That's really the premise and the, the main topic of this section that we're going to be talking about this morning in verses 5 through 11. I'm going to read through all these verses and then break it into three parts for us. But really, this is the summary of it. We come out of this world where we were walking away from God. The Bible often calls that walking in the flesh. Anything that's talking about walking in the flesh is talking about our sinful nature, our selfish nature, our temptation to just walk in a way that's according to our rules and not according to what God wants. But then it talks about the mind and the spirit. That once Jesus Christ has come into our lives, we're filled with the Holy Spirit, and now we get the mind of Christ. We get the mind of the Spirit, and we get to walk in the Spirit. Even though we're tempted to walk in the flesh in the old ways, He's inviting us to walk in the Spirit. It reminds me of this, uh, this duality and this identity piece that is so important for every one of us to come to understand. Who are you? What is your identity? If you think of yourself as in the world, you love the things of the world, and that's how you define yourself, you're going to walk that way. That's going to be your mindset. If you know who you are in Christ, you know that walking by the Spirit is the abundant life. 
That's how you see yourself. That is how you're going to walk. It reminds me of uh, a few years back, uh, Mary Lynn and I uh, were flipping a home actually just right down the street from here on Grove Street. It was one of our first uh, flip homes, and we were just kind of learning how to do you know, house projects and watching YouTube, but we had the blessing of getting to know a man named Ron. Now, not just one Ron, not just two Rons, but we actually had three men helping us on this flip house, and they were all named Ron. Ron, first Ron, was a plumber. He would come over and give us advice and show us some things. We paid him to do some projects, but he was just very helpful in instructing us and uh, fielding all of our questions. The second Ron was this really great handyman that was really good at doing electricity, and he showed us how to do electricity and was super patient with all of our questions. And the third Ron was a drywall guy, and he also taught us a lot. We had Ron the plumber. Ron the electrician, and Ron the drywall guy. And when my wife and I were talking for these months doing this flip house, say, hey, Ron's coming over, or Ron's doing this, or Ron's... And we were constantly just like, which Ron? Which Ron are you referring to? The electrician, the plumber, or the drywall guy? You know, sometimes we could look inside of ourselves and say, which person am I walking according to? Which person am I living out? Which one? And we can have these different occupations or these different ways to define ourselves or these different identities. And we need to ask that important question, who are we? And we're going to get into that and show this incredible contrast that's in Romans 8, 5 through 11. Let me read through all this and then we'll break it into three parts. Here we go. Verse five. Those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's laws, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Verse 9, You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. So you could see very quickly reading through this passage, one of the first points that I want to make is there's a very stark contrast between the flesh and the spirit. And again, just what that means all throughout Scripture is it says that the ways of the world, the ways of our sinful leanings and our sinful temptations that want to rebel against God and live for ourselves, not believe in Him, not love Him, not love the people around us, that's the whole realm of what our flesh desires and how the mindset on the flesh lives out. 
But there's this incredible contrast to when we have the Spirit inside of us, we're going to desire different things and we're going to live in this loving relationship with God on mission with Him, going to build His kingdom and please God. It actually says in this passage that the flesh doesn't want to please God, nor can it please God. But when the Spirit comes inside of us, it helps us walk with God. Let me reread 5-8 through eight and make my first point about this. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile toward God. It's always wanting to fight against what God wants. It does not submit to God. It doesn't surrender to God's law, and it can't even do so. But those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. So what this is saying, this contrast, is that there's this battle going on inside of us. We're always tempted to go back after we've asked Christ into our life to go live according to the flesh. But the Bible says now we're supposed to and powered to walk in the Spirit. Actually, Romans 7, if you want to reread that, you're going to get to hear Paul talk about this battle inside all of us. Maybe you're listening to this right now. You're thinking, man, this makes a lot of sense. You know, I've lived this way, and I'm not proud of the things that I've done in the flesh and in my worldliness. I've confessed those things to God, and I want to walk with Jesus. But man, I'm always tempted to go back. What is wrong with me? And the Bible is telling us that's the war that's going on inside of all of us. The Spirit gives us this opportunity to live according to our new identity, but we're always tempted to go back and live according to our old identity. Romans 8.6 says, The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. This reminder that all those things that we live for in the world bring death. They don't bring us any joy. They they leave us empty. They don't lead us to good places. They lead to consequences in life, and they lead to spiritual death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is this life, this abundant life that God wants us to have, and this peace. We have this opportunity to choose this fork in the road. There's a quote attributed to Sitting Bull when asking about this battle that's waging inside of each of us. He said this, inside of me there are two dogs. He he equated these identities to two dogs. One is evil, the other is good, and they fight each other constantly. Which one wins? The one I feed the most. You see, if we're constantly feeding the flesh, we're surrounding ourselves with the things of the flesh and thinking about them, and and we're only absorbed in those things, we're feeding the flesh and its power. But when we're absorbed in God's Word and we're absorbed in the Spirit, we're feeding the Spirit. You know, one of the most miserable things is being a person following Jesus that's asked Christ into their life and you're filled with the Spirit, but you're trying to find satisfaction from the world. 
that's a very miserable person. You know, there's going to be lots of people you meet that live in the flesh that don't want to follow Jesus. They've never asked Christ into their life and they seem happier. They're out there just pursuing the things of the world. But what's really miserable is the person trying to live that oil and water mixture inside of themselves. The Spirit dwells inside of them, but they want to go through and go pursue the things of the flesh. This next section says something incredible about the mystery of the Trinity. Let's move on to verse 9. In Romans 8, 9, it says this, You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. Did you catch that? That it's talking about the Spirit. And it's talking about the Holy Spirit. And then it uses this word, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. We see this incredible uh, illustration of the theology of the Trinity. The Trinity is one of the most difficult things for Christians to explain. It's, it's so mysterious and so profound and so amazing. The three persons in one. And all through the Scripture, it, it gives us this important theology of what the work of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are doing. John 14, 15, and 16 explains it so well. But right here we get to see the synonym of the Spirit of God and the Spirit of Christ. A great verse for us to remember trying to explain the Trinity. And what it is saying is this. God is at work inside of us. The Father is leading us. The Father is loving us. Jesus at the cross, the incarnate Jesus is saving us. And now Jesus ascends into heaven. He says, I'm going to send my spirit. I'm going to come and live inside of you. And here it's called the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit. And He's going to walk with us. He's going to sanctify us and help us walk with Him. We cannot do this alone. If we try to go through life just trying to you know, avoid the fleshly life, we're trying to escape that. We are powerless to do that. We need the Holy Spirit's indwelling. We need the Holy Spirit's power leading us every day. Which leads us to the third point. The hope and the power that the Holy Spirit gives each of us. In Romans 8, 10 and 11, it says this, But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. The righteousness of Christ. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. That is a powerful verse. That is a powerful statement. We're going through this life. Maybe you're losing hope in your pursuit of Jesus. Maybe there's battles going on inside of you and you're feeling like giving up. You're thinking, I've got these things in my life that just don't seem to work out. I'm trying to change. I'm trying to pursue God. I'm trying to understand God. I'm trying to overcome 
the sinful tendencies in my life and you ask the age-old question, will this ever change? Will I ever be the sanctified work of who God wants me to be? And the answer is yes. It's found right here in this verse. This verse reminds every one of us, and I, I hope you really take this away from the power of this whole passage. God sees incredible potential in you. God sees us walking with Him in this amazing relationship of power and victory and intimacy with God and intense prayers and incredible work for Him to move His kingdom forward. He sees that potential in you and I far more than we can imagine. And we go back to this verse and it says this, you know, we've got this battle going on. We have those doubts going on. We question ourselves. And it says this, if the Spirit of Him, if the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, of Him, who raised Jesus from the dead, is living in you. The same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead after He died for our sins on the cross. He's living in us. Wow. And who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. Something amazing is going to happen at the end of our life. This glorification of when our bodies are going to be redeemed and we're going to be walking in that full righteousness that we were intended to be. But that can start today. We can begin today walking with the Spirit, becoming who we will be when the time of glorification comes. What an incredible promise and a great hope to us. Uh, regardless of what is going on in your life, you can begin walking with the Spirit and in that power today. You know, as I close, thinking back to the Rons in our lives, these identities that they had, Ron the plumber, Ron the electrician, and Ron the drywall. Imagine that you're one of those people. Imagine that you've grown up as a plumber in life. And all that you know is plumbing. And at some point in your life, you want to go through a major transition. A big identity change to become a different Ron. A different you that's now involved in electricity. That's going to be your new mission. That's going to be your new thing. That's going to be your new mindset. You're going to deal with breakers and wires and all that kind of realm. But every once in a while, you decide when you go to work, you're going to bring some PVC pipe from your old job, from your old identity. You're going to bring some glue that you use for plumbing, and you're going to grab some, some copper pipes you're going to be digging holes in the ground and you're going to be you know, hooking up sinks and all kinds of things. You realize that doesn't make any sense of your new life. And as silly as that would be for an electrician or a drywall person to bring plumbing tools and plumbing supplies to their new identity, it's not going to work. We try to do the same thing in our Christian life. If you are a Christ follower and you've asked Jesus to come into your life, you have a new mindset. 
You have a new job. You have a new identity. You're going on a new course with God. And any time we want to go back and bring those things from the old life, those old tools that left us empty, that led to death, that led to selfishness, and just the overall empty life, it isn't going to work. And that's why we need to just take hands with God and walk with Him. Enjoy this new life. Walk in the Spirit. Be listening to Him and pursuing Him and walking with Him every step of the way. That's the abundant life that we hope and pray for every one of you. Let's pray and ask God to walk in that newness today. God, we thank You that You have called us to a new life. 1 Corinthians says that we are a new creation in You. Lord, and we know that we can't do this by ourselves, and so we just acknowledge before You right now, we need Your Spirit. The Spirit that's dwelling inside of us, we want to follow and listen to and have a relationship with. Lord, if any of us has been um, just diminishing that voice of where You're leading us, God, we are sorry for that. We confess that to You, Lord, trying to go back to this old life. Lord, we confess that to You and we give that to You. Lord, help us to walk by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we just acknowledge that that old life was hostile toward You. God opposes the proud, but You give grace to the humble. Lord, help us to walk with You and just surrender every area of our life to You. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.